Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to the Leftovers Podcast, Derek Kramer, Frank R. Curry, and we come at you every Monday, every Thursday on WGR550.com. Frank, it's time. Let's just get into this thing. It's tourney time. It's tourney it's, time. it's time to pick our brackets. We're gonna yes. pick them. We're gonna write them down as we go. Yes. We have no we have no picks made. We have not, for me. I have no research into this. Same. And not kidding. Same. And let's I mean, just do it. <laughs> let's just do it. Yeah. All right. Let's start in the East. Let's just go right into it right away, the East. Duke, East North bracket. Dakota State, I don't think we have to do much here. Ugh. I mean, yes, a number one overall seed lost last year for the first time ever, but Duke has Zion Williamson, pretty much a college basketball RJ god. Barrett, yeah. That's pretty easy. All right, so now uh, for some alphabet soup, VCU versus UCF. Virginia Commonwealth and the Rams. Central Ooh. Florida. Who in years past was always one of those really tough teams to play and who did make a big run uh, a couple times. I wanna say it was like five or five, four or five years ago. I'll take I'll take I'll take I'm the Rams take, here. Yeah, I'm gonna take VCU. I almost wrote Rams. <laughs> All right, Mississippi State Liberty. Ooh, the five twelve matchup. Those are always the prime uh upset ones. It's, like it's usually 40. five twelve, four thirteen. Six eleven, yeah, are always the the five, but the five twelve one's always like the more known one because I think I I don't know what the it percentage happens around forty percent of the time. There's but yeah, worse everyone, odds for a six seed, which is what the Bulls are, which yeah. is why I'm a little mad. Yeah, but the five twelve one's always like that first one that people talk about for upsets because the twelve seed. Well, I'm not gonna take it here. I'm not taking it here either. I'm going Mississippi State, Virginia Tech, St. Louis. Well, let's just go Vatecki. Yeah, we're going, yeah, Hokies. Maryland and Belmont in a 6-11. So Belmont Belmont won the first first four game. They beat Temple. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they got to go play Maryland. That's a a, a tough one. That game is today, by the way, at at 3-10. And right now the spread is Maryland looks like minus three. It's going to be a tough game. You know what? I'm taking the upset. I'm going Belmont. Yeah, I got to throw one in there, but I'm not going to do it just yet. I'm going to say Maryland. Okay. Maryland often has a fun style of basketball. LSU and Yale. We got our Ivy Leaguers against the uh, against the Tigers. Going LSU. Yeah, that one's pretty easy there. Here's my upset time. I'm going to go with Minnesota over Louisville in the 10-7. That's not a bad one. It is kind of a That's bad one because I'm picking a Big Ten team, and they've all kind of just been mad this year. This is also the first game today, which is going to be tipping off as of right now. So once it gets ugly minutes. during the podcast, I'm not changing my mind. Yeah. I'm also going to go Louisville, though. That's fair. And then Michigan State, Bradley? Yeah, to go Michigan State. The two seed. Michigan State. All right. So that's our. So that's the first round for the East Bracket. Do you want to do the entire East Bracket first? Yeah, let's go region by region. Okay. All right. So I've got so Duke VCU. You've yeah. got the same. I have the same. I'm and going I'm Duke. going Zion. Yeah. I'm probably going to start writing Zion at one point or another. <laughs> or another. Mississippi State Virginia Tech. I'm probably. I'm. Gonna, I'm going to go with Mississippi State. I'm going to go Hokies. Beamer's not here. You don't have to. I know. I have Maryland LSU. You have it a little different. I have LSU Belmont, and I'm going to go LSU. And I'm going to stick with Maryland. Okay. Maryland getting out of the weekend. I have Louisville, Michigan State. 
And I have Minnesota, Michigan State, and I don't think it matters at the end of the day for me. I'm going the upset with that one. Really? All right, then. You know, Michigan State in of last couple last couple years in the tournament has they've been they looked they looked at as the strongest second seed in the in this tournament, but they always seem to falter some way. I know a couple of years ago, like they lost in the very first round, they were a two seed. They and, lost yeah, to a they 15. lost to a fifteen. Yeah. All right. So I'm gonna. So I think the trend continues for them. I think they win a game, but I think the trend continues. So All right. for me, Sweet Duke 16. and Missis- For me, Duke and Mississippi State. I have Duke, Virginia Tech, and going Duke. I'm I'm actually writing Zion on my bracket. You do that. And then Michigan State, Maryland for me, and you've got two completely different teams. And I've got LSU and Louisville, and I'm going LSU. And this is where I get boring. I put one and two together. Yeah. And I've got, and I mean, I'm not that much different. I got one and three. And I've got Zion Williamson and yeah. Duke advancing here to yeah. the final four. New region. Let's go south region. Okay, fine. I was going to just say let's go west, but you want to do it last, don't you? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, then. <laughs> Virginia and G-Webb, Gardner-Webb. Yeah. Though I like G-Webb instead. I like G-Webb as well. No, not not in the game. Um, yeah. They lost last like, year. There's like no way name. they're going to do it again twice. <laughs> so there's a team to do it. Yeah, maybe. But if they do it again, they'll oh. never get a one seed for like a decade. Probably. Ole Miss, Oklahoma. I'm going to go Sooners. I'm going to go Ole Miss here. SEC basketball has seemed pretty legit this year. All right. Wisconsin, Oregon. I'm going the upset. That is actually a 5-12 I will take the bait on. Because I made fun of Big Ten basketball. Also, Oregon is looked at going into this tournament really strong. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Oregon's actually a solid pick here on a 5-12. Yeah. Kansas State and UC Irvine. Mm. Irvine, Irvine. I'm just, let's, let's. I'm going to go Kansas gonna, State. Yeah, I'm not going to really think too much here on how to pronounce Irvine or Irvine. Villanova, St. Mary's. The defending champs. But St. Mary's is a solid school. They are. Generally is. In the I got to go Nova. I'm going with the St. Mary's. I think the defense ends quickly. Okay. Purdue Old Old Dominion. I'm gonna boiler the fluff up and tick Purdue. You don't have to do it because your friend went there. Well, I just want to. <laughs> and then Cincy, Iowa. I'm gonna go with Cincy. I'm gonna go Iowa. And then Tennessee and toothpaste. I mean Colgate. It's <laughs> a good way to call. <laughs> Gotta go Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, uh, let's let's just get that yeah. out of the way. But I just wanted to call them toothpaste. Yeah. All right, Virginia and Ole Miss. This is where Virginia leaves the conversation. Ole Miss advances. You have Oklahoma there, and I think Virginia wins. Oregon, K State. Can the Ducks keep quacking? I think so. All right, Frank, you talked me into it. Oregon. Okay. I've got an I've got an eight seed and a twelve seed here in the south. This is gonna go bad. Yeah. I have Nova Purdue. You have St. Mary's Purdue. And I think it's gonna be Purdue and Tennessee in the other two I think spots so. there. I think so. Yeah, and St. Louis and Tennessee. Don't you think Tennessee is spelled weird? Yes. Two N's, then two S's, then two E's. Yes. I mean Arkansas is also called Arkansas. Like why do why do we call it Arkansas? I don't know exactly. It's weird. I have Ole Miss in Oregon. What a winner of a bracket this is. <laughs> and I think I think ducks fly together. Oregon makes the elite eight, based on my already terrible and regrettable bracket. Here. You know what? I don't care. Let's do it. <laughs> Make it happen. Purdue, Tennessee. I'm going Tennessee. I am too. I mean, I may like Purdue. It's got a decent, fond place in my heart because I was actually on that campus for a week. It was a pretty fun place. Yeah. I learned about something called insomnia cookies. That is amazing. And it tastes great. (laughs) 
But I got to take Tennessee here, and my continual hatred for the spelling of their name will go on. Yeah. This is where I think Oregon. There's see, there, there's this Cinderella is where my comes this is where end. I have to fix my bracket. <laughs> yeah. The Cinderella run comes to an end here. All right. Midwest. North, North Carolina and Iona. Iona low-key does a great job with uh, getting into the tournament as of late. Yeah. With the uh, the MAC. Yeah. The M-A-A-C. MAC. Where Canisius and Niagara play. And it always seems to be Iona as of late coming out of that conference. Utah State, Washington. Uh, mm. Washington? Question mark. So this is a weird one. It's an eight nine. It's a flip of a coin, basically. Yeah. So I'm flipping a coin. I'm gonna go Utah State. Smart idea. Fifty fifty here. You get one side, I'll get the other. Yeah. Auburn, New Mexico State. I'm gonna go Auburn. I got my five twelve fix in. Kansas Northeastern, not Northwestern, Northeastern. You got to you got to go Kansas. They're built for this. Yeah, but the Jayhawks do sometimes trip over themselves. Yeah, but it's never in the first round. Iowa State or Ohio State. What state you going with there hmm. in the 6-11? Cuz I'm going with the Iowa State. I'm going to go I'm going to go Iowa State. I will as well. As I already stated. Yeah. All right. Houston and Georgia State. Houston. Yeah. They're the only other 30-win team as Mm -hmm. well in this tournament. Walford and Seton Hall. I went with Seton Hall. I'm going to go, yeah, Seton Hall. And then Kentucky and Albaline Christian. Kentucky. Yeah. Yeah. All right, back up top, North Carolina and the winner of the 8-9. I mean, North Carolina. North Carolina tends to start being a team that handles their own up until yeah. the things get going. Yeah. Auburn, Kansas, this is where I think things will get interesting. I go, I'm go. i going Kansas. I am as well, and that's what I mean by getting interesting because North Carolina Kansas seems like a classic kind of matchup. Yep. Iowa State and Houston. I'm going to go Iowa State. I'm going to go Houston. And I've got one, two, three, four here in this bracket. Because you go in Kentucky. Yes. I am too. Think about this. The Sweet 16 in the Midwest bracket could have North Carolina, Kansas, and Kentucky in it. That's exactly what I have going on here. And Houston's a, well, a lot of people are. And it, I mean, but think about that. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make it Kansas and Kentucky as I have the four seats hanging I'm out. I'm going to go UNC and Kentucky. And then finally, I'm going to take Kansas. I'm going Kentucky. I'm going to have fun with this thing. It may not be accurate. It may not be right. But I'm going to have fun with it, damn it. <laughs> because, look, I'm one of those people that if you just pick all of the top seeds, you're boring. Yeah. You're not – Joe said – Joe asked a question like, are you a jerk if you do that? No, you're just lame. Yeah. Because that's not what this – like, when you get later into the bracket, it makes more sense. But in the opening weekend, things happen. You never know. Look at last year. I have Oregon hanging out in the Elite Eight. Same here. Which is a little regrettable for me, but – Probably. I kind of put it in that way because I think Virginia's going to goof up again. All right. Let's go to the West. Gonzaga versus – FDU. Florida Dominion. Sure. I think that's the name. I don't think that's it. I don't think so as well. It's Fairleigh Dickinson. Huh. Weird. And because of that dumb name, I will never pick them. Yeah. (laughs) Also because they're 16 seed. That too. But mostly because of the name. Syracuse Baylor. I'm going Baylor here. I'm going the Orange. Well, I've got some bad news for Orange fans. Yeah, I know. Their starting guard is out. Yes. 
And I think that might be enough of a bad timing, bad news situation to uh, give them an early exit. So sorry, Cuse, but I think it happens this way. I'm about to take a 5-12 upset. I'm putting in two. Murray State is dangerous, and poor Marquette got them in the draw. Yeah, I, I agree. Though Marquette has been ranked all year like UB. I mean, this just looks like one of those things. Like, this could be a bad draw. A lot of people are liking Murray State and how they've done. So, And they have a reputation of doing things in the dance. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I'm going to take Murray State there. Florida State and Vermont. I'll take Florida State. Yeah. Though I don't ever really think of Florida State as a good basketball school. So congrats, Murray State. You might have a slight edge on making it into the uh, Sweet, Sweet 16. 16 here. Yeah. UB, Arizona State. Do we skip this for last? No, we don't. We keep nah. going. Keep going. And UB. I'm, I'm taking the UB. Texas Tech, Northern Kentucky. Frank, you've warned me about Texas Tech and how dangerous they might be. They're, they're, looking, they're looking pretty good. And right now the line for this, for this game, I believe, is – Texas Tech minus 13. Wow. All right. Florida, Nevada. I think I'm taking the Gators. Go chomp. I'm going to go Nevada. Chomp. And then Michigan and Montana. Why did I say that? Why did you do that? I don't know. I haven't never been to Montana. Do they sound like that? Probably not. I don't know. Either way, I'm taking Michigan. Yeah. Gonzaga, Baylor. I will take Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga, Syracuse, and I will take Gonzaga. Murray State, Florida State. I kind of just set myself up for this one. And congrats, Murray State. You are one of two mid-majors here in this bracket, in this region, to make the Sweet 16. I'm going to go Florida State. And I might have just tipped my hand as to what I'm picking next here with Buffalo and Texas Tech. Yeah. <laughs> This I mean, is, Texas this is Tech happens. is really good. But I don't care. Everything if, burns. If there's a team. Everything burns. No, I'm going UB as well. Like, if there's a team who. If there is a team in this region who can make a run into the Sweet 16 and be, I'm even possibly beyond, it's UB. It really is. All right. Well, I've got Gonzaga and Murray State. And I have Gonzaga, Florida State, and I got UB and Nevada. I got no. You know what? Nevada over Michigan. Nevada's good. I think Florida's good. It's a pretty tough seven ten game. Yeah. Yeah. But I also think that Michigan beats Florida, and then Buffalo beats Michigan to face Gonzaga in the West in the Elite Eight. Everything burns. Burns. It burns. You be Nevada. It burns as bright as the blue, which is the hottest flame of them all, and you be goes into the final four. <laughs> I'm picking Florida State over Gonzaga. Ew. Florida State? Florida State doesn't do basketball. Yeah. They're not known for it. They're a baseball and football school. Hell, if they knew how to play hockey down there in Florida in colleges, I feel like Florida State would be a better hockey school than it is a basketball school. Okay. I take none of that back. Best thing UB's about Florida State is work four. done. UB's going to the Final Four. Yeah, because you have Florida State sitting there like a patsy. Some team has to. I think they can just beat a one seed in Gonzaga. You want to know why? Because it's the only college basketball I've watched all year is UB. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. UB it's in done. the Final Four. It's done. It's done. It's happening. Bad news is they face... Uh, yeah, they, the bad news is they face Duke. They face Zion and Duke. Um, 
And that is where I think all good... Unfortunately, all good things come to an end. I have Duke, Kentucky. I'm going to take Duke and Tennessee. I'm taking Duke and Kentucky, and Kentucky's going to win. I think I'd throw up in my mouth if I see John Calipari win a national championship. Sorry. And I'm going to take Duke to beat Tennessee. There it is. I've got an ugly-ass bracket. I've got Oregon, Buffalo, amongst those in my Elite Eight. My Sweet 16 is a damn mess. Yeah. I've got Ole Miss and Oregon. Purdue and Tennessee. Murray State, UB, and Maryland all hanging out. Oh, and Mississippi State. Well, there are five seed. I can't really count that. But I got a lot of a mess here, and I don't care. Because it's fun to pick these upsets, and it's fun to be wrong, and it's fun to not care about these things because I don't throw money at these things because I just like watching the tournament. I don't like having it affect my bracket. I'm not going to look at this thing. I'm not. We will chart these picks, but if I lose to you, it's just like pickums from the football season. Yeah. Is it? Are you going to give me crap about it? Yes. Am I going to care beyond that? No. This took a lot quicker than I thought it would, Frank. It did. I thought it was going to last the whole show. Well, that's because it kind of just I, shows you that we don't know a lick about college basketball. I think too is because we didn't we put were probably expecting. Yeah, we didn't put anything into it, so it's more of like a little bit of. We're just writing things analysis. on paper. Yeah. <laughs> well, I used four different I, colors on this thing because I have one of those four color pens. Oh, and it looks for you? freaking stupid. <laughs> and yes, for the national championship, I wrote basketball Jesus in parentheses Duke. I like it. I do got a couple things, though. I mean, I, oh, yeah, there's things to talk about. Like, once again. Sabres can't win two straight. The GD Sabres can't win two straight. They get swept by the Leafs for the first time in what I might think of as forever. Literally, it's forever. And Phil Housley's just The Sabres were part of around. some annou- big announcement in the NHL today. That's great. What is it? They're playing in Sweden next year. The global series thing that they're doing. How many home games are getting taken away from this? One. Okay, that's not bad. Yeah. But you guess guess who they're playing, though? The Red Wings. No. The Senators. No. The... Lightning. Yes. Crap. I was trying to think of, well, I mean, I was just trying to think of teams that had a strong Swedish presence. Lightning. Why did I go with Ottawa? Yeah, that, that Swedish. Well, they don't have Eric Carlson yeah. anymore. Yeah, he's gone. He's long gone. So, Hedman versus Darlene. Awesome. In Sweden. Great. I mean, can't wait. Marketing-wise, it's Get actually, your tickets now. Marketing-wise, it's pretty smart. Get your tickets now. Yes, Sabres, to, Lightning, and Sweden. Yes, let's go, to, let's go to Europe. Want to know the lines for a practice today? Yes and no. Phil Housley freaking panic-juggled last night. It almost worked. It almost let's worked. Let's be real, though. It almost worked, but he panic-juggled. Let's be real. Let's be real, though. It Like, Thompson, Eichel, Sherry was good. Was really good. It was fun, but uh, I'd rather give my sniper winger the guy that's been setting him up all year. Oh, I mean, yeah, but one Reinhardt could drive his own line, and that's fine. But I don't think I need to have Skinner joining Reinhardt. Did have Rodriguez? That wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. So right now, um, Tom. But so we we talked about how Sherry Thompson Eichel was good, and now Thompson is the extra in practice. Yeah. The lines, the fourth line remains the same. Gergesen's 
Larson Oposo. I know where Tom. I know where uh, Palmerville's playing. With Skinner and Rodriguez. I don't. Because what the hell? Saboka is with Middlestat and Reinhardt. Middlestat Reinhardt's back together. <laughs> and Sherry is with Eichel and Nylander. Nylander is with Eichel now in practice today. Congrats. You gave me one small good thing out of all of this. Yeah, I know. In this perpetual tornado of what the crap. Yeah. Nine more games. Nine more games. Don't kill anyone. Nine more games. All right. I can't believe I have to ask this, but... What the defense look like? Well, there's no Bogosian and Hunwick in practice today. Oh, that kind of makes things easy. So, so we know the six. Well, Bogosian and Hunwick aren't aren't there. Oh, so we have five defensemen. Yeah. So, so Risto Linen's working with. They have Scott Wilson with Risto. Just fill in until we know. Until they know more about Bogosian. I Likely. got ten bucks. They call up Pilot and stick him with Scandella. Wait, that wouldn't happen. They're both lefties. Scandella is also with Nelson and Darlene Montour. At least that's a thing. To be fair, Darlene Montour. To be fair, to be that fair. is that does set up them to call up Pilot and, pair, and just put him with Risto. I'm for it. Yeah. But you know that that's not how things work. Pilot and Nelson wouldn't be terrible at the end of the day, but Scandella Ristolainen would be. Yeah. But at the end of the day here, I would take two out of the three not being bad. By the way, yes, the Sabres got thoroughly outplayed by the Toronto Maple Leafs, but how the hell did they keep getting lucky goals this year against Buffalo? It's hockey, man. It's stupid. Yeah. It's so weird. It's dumb. And but then, like, I, but wasn't, what you, but, but I wasn't mad about it like I was the last you, game. But you see, Toronto, but Toronto, they just keep going in the net. That's all they – that's all, you know. But they, that's why I'm not mad about it from this game because – Let's be real. Carter Hutton was on his ass, standing on his head. Had to do everything for yeah. two periods. He stood. So on they his deserved head. to be losing. Yeah. Unlike in the unlike in the uh, third Toronto game this year. Yeah. Where I don't think they deserved to be losing. Frank, I know we talk about it all the time now at this point, but I seriously think Phil Housley's done. Because he did rightfully mix everything up because the team was playing like absolute bleh. Yeah. But why the hell are they starting off that terribly? Against a team that is very notorious for starting poorly in games in Toronto. And yes, I know, ultimately it is up to the players who play on the ice. But for a team to look at that I don't want to say checked out, but that unfocused. It's kind of pathetic, and that will hang on the coach. It always does. However, at the same time, how much of it, how much of it does? How much of it does, but how much of it should? So what what is the balance of it between the coach and the players in terms of at fault for not being ready? Is it 50-50? I don't know if it's 50-50. Is it more on the coach or is it more on the players? And how much is it? What's the what's the scale? I don't know, but somehow the Sabres threw hints that they didn't like Dan Bilesma, but they played better under him. Yeah, that's because they also had more more guys in the lineup who our Biles, my players, though, right? Eh. Eh. They also had a slower Cody Franzen. Lineup. Oh, God. 
Josh Georges. How did Dan Bilesma win games? How did he win two games in a row? Because Leonard was really good. I wouldn't say really good, but he was good. He had a nine. He had like a nine twenty four save percentage in twenty seventeen. He was good. But again, my main point being. It, that Phil Housley really just I don't I don't see him surviving this. Brian Gianta was with the Sabers with Bilesma. They had a lot of slow players. Yeah, because wow. Bi- because that Bilesma likes slow players. Dear God. well, so did Murray. Well, exactly. Dinosaurs. When you have guys who can play the style you want, you'll have doing more success. Worse somehow than that. Because they don't have enough of I the think players that, I think that, that they want. But I also think that this is the coach at this point. Like I said, I I think – but that's why I want to know. What's the actual scale of it? Because everyone wants to make it all about the coach. I don't think it's as much. I I, I agree with you, but here's to an extent. Here's I, Here's my extent. You are a Hall of Fame defenseman. Why is this team routinely looking like they're bubble hockey players spinning around in friggin' circles in their own zone? My answer is going to be that I don't, you can teach a player a defensive scheme and they can still not get it. And yeah. I think that's what's happened here. They are lost in their own end, and Housley's system, I just don't think, cuts it. And if you want to try to give Housley another shot, I think that all of the assistant coaches are not good at this point. I think so. That's what I think it's and more. If, but, again, if it's all the assistant coaches, then maybe don't you think that Housley hires three more boobs and you don't like what they've got either? That depends. Coach hires the assistants, doesn't he? Yeah. How much? I got, and you got to, but you also got to think that input at the same time also comes from Botro. So you got to think they're going to work together on it. I if they, think if they do if they do fire the assistant coaches. And again, if you clear out the entire assistant coaching staff, what's the point of keeping Housley? What are you going to do? That's hire true. What are you going to do? That's hire an assistant true. and be like, "Hey, this guy's on lame duck status, so you might be out of a job in less than 1 year anyway." Yeah. Who who says yes to that? Joel Quinville? That's a good point. Look, that's a good point. I noticed you ignoring me, taking a shot at you. I, I, I know it. I know you were. Okay. No, but you're, but you're right, though. Exactly. You are correct. I'm not going to disagree with that one bit. So, therefore, I'm thinking the way that this team has played, and I don't have faith that they're going to win two in a row anymore, even though they play Ottawa and Detroit back-to-back twice, I do not have faith that they're going to do it. And if they go ahead and go the rest of the season since mid-December without winning two in a row, without winning two in a row, I don't care if you've only been here for two years. You're kind of showing a little bit of a pathetic showing as a coach, especially after being on top of the entire league and having a ten-game winning streak, and playing playoff pace in December. We can go a little too crazy about his uh, lineup decisions and everything like that. The names Saboka and Scandella will burn through everyone's mind for the rest of the year. But I just think this has to do with scheme at this point. And I already see you're looking at a buyout calculator. Who the hell are you looking at? I'm just curious as to some of the guys here, as to what their buyouts would look like if they decide to go that route. But again, i.e. Savoko, Bogosian, Scandal, and Hunwick. Well, don't a lot of those players have their contracts run out after next year? Yeah. Though all four of them do. That's why I'm looking at them. Okay, so then it's not a huge cap hit anyway. Yeah, that's why I'm looking at them. All right, but anyway, my main point being this. Housley has kind of taken this team and confused us. Yeah. They should have been in this until the final week. 
and they're not. You needed to play 500 hockey after the 10-game winning streak, and they have not done that. That's hard to do. As we've seen, sometimes you can win games on accident. Mm -hmm. I'm chuckling after the first period against Toronto because it seemed like the Sabres were trending that way. Get outplayed to holy hell in the first period, and oh, hey, you have the 1-0 lead? Sometimes teams just do that. They can win two games in a row by accident. Kyle Poso yesterday in the pregame mentions that it's a stat that boggles his mind. Why? Because, again, my point remains. Winning two games in this league should not be an impossible feat. This team has made it so. And I think in the end of the day, the players are the ones out there on the ice, but the coach is the one that ends up falling on the sword. This is going to end up, it's likely going to end up being one of those cases where you have to pin the blame on everybody. Last time with Bilesma, everyone, it was just him. Now, what do you do here? No, no, Bilesma, it wasn't just him. Murray went too. We're talking players coach, not the GM. Okay, yeah. Not the GM. Because... Murray got fired for not only obviously being bad at his job, he got fired because he refused to fire Dan Bilesma. If Pagula, the Pagula, Pagula could have told him to have told Murray, fire Bilesma, Murray, would have, Murray could have done it. And Murray would probably still be our GM right now. Ew. With a different coach. So that's why I say it's players or coaches. That's it. I think that at the end of the day, though, if all are to blame, what's the easiest thing to get rid of? One head coach or 20 players? Exactly. It's always one head coach. And that's, that was the same question and what being do you, asked and the biggest thing has always two years ago. Been, like, the biggest thing that keeps coming up is how do you sell next year? How do you sell next year? How the hell do you sell next year? I think the words new coach come to mind. Yeah. Is that a stupid reason? Yes. But it's a reason. Fans won't show up to this. Oh, who am I kidding? We will. Of course they will. But, again, Phil Housley has shown a rather large amount of incompetence this season. He's shown that, yeah, he's the job isn't over his head. And with all of this being put together, you shouldn't expect to have Phil Housley back next year. Paul Hamilton said it at this point after the Toronto game now. Earlier, like three weeks ago, Paul said, get comfortable with Housley being here behind the bench next year. Yeah. And now, three weeks later, Paul's saying the same thing, that the Sabres might not have a choice. They might have to fire him. Yeah. The way they've played, they might have to fire him. Yeah. Wake the players up and say, you're next. And it's all and it's all contingent on if Bottrell is willing to do that. I think he is. Bottrell hasn't like been it. scared to make a bold move. Yeah. Yeah. But now you're – but this is – this is where your next comes in. Yeah. Get the coach right. Yeah. Yeah. If the message is coming from Terry Pagula, Housley's gone. You're next if we don't figure out this head coach. Yeah. Get it. They got to get a – assuming they do fire Housley, they're going to have – they got to get a good communicator coach, kind of guy. That's guy Chris Taylor. Can, Chris Taylor, yeah. Sheldon Key for Chris Taylor. Oof, thank you. Oof, man. Guys that are good at developing players and communicating with young teams. Yeah. They're going AHL coach with this, I think, I for think the next so. one. I think so, too. 
and it makes the most sense. And no, they're not going to hire Joel Quenville as an assistant. No, no, no. <laughs> so get ready to try to do wheelies on heelys. Because <laughs> you're mine there, bitch. <laughs> As I said, I as I said, I know it, it, the very likely the answer is no, but you can at least try. I will buy you your Heelys. Good, because they're probably expensive. Where the bleep do I find them? eBay. That's true. You find everything on eBay. Yeah. So yeah, I was looking at the buyout. Can you fi- can you find two wins in a row on eBay? Maybe. How much would it cost? What's the bid? I don't know. I'm not on eBay. I mean, everyone's on eBay, but. Yeah. So I was looking at the buyout calculators for Saboka, Bogosian, Scandella, Hunwick. Just. They How up- much does a buyout calculator cost on eBay? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's free on Cap Friendly. All right. This joke has played its course. You killed yeah. it. You killed it. Okay. Jerk. <laughs> Can't say how awesome Cap Friendly is because Cap Friendly is awesome. Okay. If you buy out Saboka when the buyout period starts, he would cost you 1.5 next year and 1 million in 2020-2021. That's it. Bogosian would be a little over 1.1 next year and 2 million. I'd honestly keep Bogosian. He was not as much of a problem this year. Scandella would be a little more than 800,000 next year. And a little over 1.5 in 2020, 2021. Very doable. Hunwick is a little over a million next year and a little less than 600,000 in 2020, 2021. That's also because he makes the The biggest cap hit was the best player by far out of the four. Yeah, because he also makes the most. But what I'm saying, though, is that Zach Bogosian also was not nearly as much of a problem. His biggest problem has always been being healthy and available. I know. Yeah, I was just like I said, I was looking at the guys who are UFAs the guy, next year. But the and guy just, played a majority of this season. A lot I don't of think the he games. gets bought out anyway. I'm just saying, I'm looking at what, seeing what they could do, right? Seeing which buyouts would be the the likely option. And as much as. As much as we don't like Saboka, I don't think he, he'll get bought out. I think he'll play it out. Then you better do something about your trio I think trio Scandella of... is the guy that I, – oh, I think if we're talking buyouts, I think Scandella is the guy. Yes. I will say this, though. If you're going to keep Saboka, if, if you are or are not, you need to do something about the three carbon copies that you have on this roster. Larson Gergensen's. Larson Gergensen, Saboka. They are all the same player. Well, well – it just so happens that Larson and Gergensen's are both RFAs at the end of this season. I would honestly say let Zemgis walk. I'm saying is you, you can have they two. both have arbitration. However, if you don't qualif- give them qualifying offers, they're both UFAs. Honestly, you just, might you might you might be better off just doing that. Yeah, just let Gergensen's walk. I think they'll tender Larson and see what happens if arbitration comes up into play. I think for that, he would get a similar contract to what he has now. Which and is if he doesn't, the Sabres 1. can go 5, peace out. Which is like 1.5. And if it's anything higher, the Sabres go peace out, buddy. Have fun in free It agency. might be worth it just to let both of them walk. At this point. Yes, I agree. Because then you can bring in guys like Erasmus Asplund. Or you could sign another fourth liner. They have Scott Wilson already. They have Scott Wilson that could penalty kill for you. If they want to bring Pominville back for another year, they can do that. Your fourth line next year legit could be Scott Wilson, Vladimir Spoka, and Jason Pominville. I don't a- think Jason Pominville comes back. I can see that. Being healthy just, scratch toward the end of the season might lead I'm saying someone- is if they want to sign him to, let's say, one year, one million. Yes. But- and he says, I'll do it. He might only do it if he's a 13th forward. And plays when he needs to. He could do that, too. I get that. But my big thing is just going to be the fact that he's been a healthy scratch a couple games now as the season heads to its close. Oh, and, we still have, and there's still Kyle Postle, too. Could be leaving a bad taste in your mouth. That's true. I agree. So. He, he might retire. He might retire. He might. Or if he still thinks he can do it, then maybe he, he goes go to f- a team that could give him some ice time. Yeah. 
if any team is interested in him right away in the summer, they'll sign him to like a one-year deal, give him a million, maybe two, and then they see what happens. If not, if not, you, you'll watch out for Pominville signing a PTO somewhere in in uh, like early September. Exactly. So and there's Kyle Pulso. So actually, the fourth line next year could be Oposo Saboka Wilson. Yeah, there's a lot to it. So. It's it's rough. And then it, we're still not even talking, you know, we still believe that Ristolainen might get traded. And there are players, though, that should be getting looks next year from Rochester. Jason Bottrell said yesterday uh, that O'Regan, Asplund, and Olofsson have looked great. And they that they, should, and really that they should be getting called up for the final part of the season. But you're only allowed four call-ups. That's why they can't do it. Yeah, they can only they have, they have so, three more. So, again, my big thing being, hey, maybe those guys can win something in camp next year. Yeah. I think this is – Sean Malone had a lost season, and a lot of guys think that he could be a bottom six guy for the Sabres. I think so. And he had a lost season due to injury. Yeah. I think a There lot are players. Of, there are, so, yeah, I think you have C.J. Smith. In you the have end, Olafson. Yeah. Let's just say yeah, in the end Oregon. to wrap this topic up, yeah, it would make sense probably to just let both Gergensons and Larson just walk. I think so. I think that makes you the resign, most sense. You gotta you resign Jake McCabe. You resign Jeff Skinner, obviously. You keep you gotta resign Lena Sorry, obviously. fans. Yeah. They also have to resign Evan Rodriguez. That's gonna be an easy one. Not gonna be that much. This is I think if we're talking Sabres off season, that's possibly including firing Phil Housley. I don't think you're going to see that a lot of big moves out of this team. I think you see I, one, and that's Bristol Line and Trade. Obviously, resign Jeff Skinner too. All right. Well, I wasn't expecting to hear that, but all right then. I think they do trade. They they're gonna. I think they do trade him. Remember, we were talking about the possibility of him going to Tampa around the deadline. Oh God. But if you could get a guy like Tyler Johnson, that would help. True. And I think that's going to be something that they're going to explore in the offseason. If it's there, they're going, to, they're going to pull the trigger. Because if they really, you know, but Gojan showed that he can play in the top four. So your, your defense core next season realistically can be Darlene, Bogosian, Pilot, Montour, McCabe, Nelson. That that's probably what they're gonna want to do. Mm-hmm. So I, I think for the Sabers, their off season is gonna be a lot of be mostly a less is more kind of thing. Their biggest move will be trading Ristolainen. I do believe they're gonna re-sign Jeff Skinner, but that's it. After that, any any signing they make is depth. Any or for Rochester. Any other trade they make is for depth in Rochester. And a possibly accumulating picks at the draft. I mean, I see them signing another fourth line guy just to challenge the depth. system. Depth. Yeah. So depth or for Rochester. That's yeah. what I mean. Like it's very realistic that they're hoping for you, their top four set their top four centers next next season. We talk about Saboka being that fourth line center. They could also it could also be Evan Rodriguez because they could trade Ristolainen for let's say a Tyler Johnson and put him at center, and then you have Middlestad as well along with Eichel. It could be your top four centers because you got because then you still got guys like C.J. Smith who's expected to make the team. You yep. still have Tage Thompson. You still have Alex Nylander who is starting to look like he, they should keep him. And he's been – because he's been looking really good. Dude turns 21 and suddenly is legit. Yeah. It's almost like you got to give players time to develop. Or you just got to give them beer. Yeah, that too. What? The, I didn't say that. The happy pop. <laughs> the wobbly pops. <laughs> the wobbly. Yeah, you just got to give them some wobbly pops there, bud. <laughs> But your top your wingers could likely be Reinhardt, Nealander, Thompson, Oposo. And your left wingers could be Skinner, Sherry, 
uh, Wilson and C.J. Smith. That might be the team next year. And they, where they were, they're going to want to go a less is more kind of thing and just keep trying to get younger. You really are putting a lot of eggs in the basket of properly seeing the proper next step of Thompson and Middlestat. Yeah. And Neilander. Yeah. But you know what? You mean you have these you have these guys who are who have the NA, who have the talents to make it in the NHL and do good things. At some point you gotta give them the opportunity to. True. And I and I will agree with the head coach the head coach as well. They're gonna need a guy who can communicate with the young players really well. And if Phil Housley is not that, if they don't think he is that he doesn't then seem he's to gone. be. Then he will, yeah. Then he will be gone. And I think Chris Taylor makes a ton of sense to replace him. He's already Chris Taylor's already worked with Neilander this year. Yep. And I think last year too. Yep. So he knows the he knows the kid. He can help them. And you can then you can see what he can do with a guy like Middlestead. This team needs the Sabers really need to get younger. They do. It's the way the NHL is going now. Youth, speed, skill. They need more of it. The team as an organization made a push for it. And they got to continue it. The problem that I'm having, and this is why I say that the head coach is as good as gone, is they've made this push to be in that kind of direction. They've somehow gotten worse in the standings. I know. That falls on the head coach, ultimately. Yeah. So, I expect there to be a new head coach for next year. Yeah. Okay. And because I'm ultimately... To, I'm starting to lean towards and that. And ultimately, so. it is that reason. Yeah, I'm starting to lean towards it. Yeah. When you, you, you make the get... moves to try to be one of those teams that can deal... That you'd have to deal with with skill and with speed and youth and trying to go in the direction of the NHL's current trend. You've seen how teams that don't do that look, how much worse they look. Yep. Yeah. I.e., looking at you, Kings. <laughs> the Ducks are the same kind of geriatric thing going on right now. The Blackhawks can't stop giving up goals, and they have no choice because Brent Seabrook has – a mammoth deal that they cannot get out of. I mean, what's going to be big, too, for this offseason is can Bouchel start signing his guys that he drafted 2017? Mm -hmm. You've also got – right now they have four, four guys who they haven't signed yet but who will be UFAs in August. Who are we looking at? Chris Brown, who I don't think they'll sign. Max Willman, I don't think they'll – three of them they're likely not going to sign, and Chris Brown, Max Willman, and Ivan Chukarov. These are Murray-drafted okay. Murray guys. One, in Casey Fitzgerald, I think they should sign. He's a defenseman. Defensive he's, player, prospect. I think uh, he's playing in Boston College right now. Played for uh, the U.S. Juniors team. Yeah, a couple years ago. And I think, they, I think they should sign him. Didn't he win gold with them? I don't remember. They, I think so. I think that was the shootout against Canada. I think so. So you have Fitzgerald, who they should sign and look to bring into Rochester. There's already Mataj Bakar, who's in Rochester now because the Barry Colt season's over, but he's also injured, he's, so he's kind of there just to like be be there. Yeah, he's there to see, yeah. see see what an AHL locker room is yes. and what it looks like and what you can do. You've possibly got, even for treatment too. Yeah. You've got Brett Murray, who has had a has had a good season in college, and Jacob Bryson, who they should look to be signing this summer because he's a free agent next year. Mm -hmm. Who Jacob Bryson, I've read, is looked is looked at as one of the best. Like he's a top five defenseman in this in the country for college players. He's not in the running in Hobie Baker awards, but. He's probably like what he he could have been one of those guys who just missed out. Okay then. So he's a guy that they need to sign and get to Rochester. Obviously 
Laxinen too, but you but he resigned in Finland for another couple of years, so that's at least one year where he's I was going to say you could figure out how to get the loan on that one yeah. if you wanted him in Rochester. Yeah, that might be one where they wait another year. Yeah, and then Marcus Davidson's another guy who I believe uh, Chris Baker said he expects him to be in, to sign this summer. All right then, these are Bottrell's guys who he drafted. So it's a your lot job of to get them done. Yeah. Laxanen, Marcus Davidson, J- Jacob Bryson, these are guys that he drafted, and he is looking to sign to get to Rochester ASAP. And then ne- and then we were going to have the same conversation next year with the 2018 guys. And the biggest one out of that, obviously, is Matias Samuelson. Or name Swedish defenseman here. Exactly. <laughs> but that's where that is where I want to see the organization get younger as a whole. I feel like that transition's happening. It's going to happen. It, it's happening and it's got and we're going to start but it's going to be more apparent when these guys start to sign. That said your NHL team did not get it done when they looked like they should have Dan Bilesma got more points in the standings with Cody Franson and Josh Georges. Do I need to repeat myself? <laughs> yeah. You shudder. Yeah. At the mere mention. Because now you're going to look at the old roster from a couple of years ago, aren't yeah, I'm you? I'm going to look at the roster. I just want to see who the – Defensemen, where I'm going to look at 2016-17. Rasmus Ristolainen. Yep. Josh Georges, who yep. often was on his pair. Ugh. Cody Franson. Ugh. Jake McCabe. Jake McCabe was there. Yep. The Scandella trade happened after Bilesma was gone. Kulikov played half a Dimitri year Dmitry Kulikov. Who was brought in to be the Ristolainen guy. In exchange for Mark Pesic. Yeah. That trade did get us Asplund, but at the same time, Kulikov. But at the same time, I still think the best player is currently with the Florida Panthers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was uh, Justin Falk. Not the good one. Not the good one. Falk. Yeah. F-A-L-K. Falk. And uh, Taylor Fadoon. Dear God, how did Bosman do this? I know how he was fired because he was a not very likable coach. And the players stopped playing for him. But, man. He's a very stubborn coach. But, man. That guy was able to do something with a butt defensive core. And Rissa Lyon was your best defenseman bar none on that one. Yeah. And we all now can see what that means. Yeah. Dude was getting like 27 minutes over the vice time because there was no one else. Booty sauce. Oh, and Zach Bogosian was hanging around because that was a Murray acquisition. Yeah. But I say hanging around because he often was not playing these past couple of seasons, unfortunately. But I think that Bogosian brings you a little bit of steadiness in your top six with your defenders. Yeah. He's easily your second pairing or third pairing guy, no doubt. Man. Ugh. That defensive core. Jeez. Josh Georges. Top pairing defenseman Josh Georges. Ugh. <laughs> Stop. Top pairing defenseman Josh Georges. Stop. Georges Risto. Defensive pairing of dreams right there. Yeah. Dreams, Frank. Dreams. Murray traded a second-round pick for Josh Georges. The tourney is underway. Go get you some basketball action. UB women get started on Friday. That's also when the men play against Arizona State. So, I do believe the men's game will be on ESPN 1520 as normal. It will be the women's game that will air on AM 1400 on Friday. Frank, if you could just be a good person real quick and look up the time. For these games, I'm gonna try to do. UB that men's well. play Friday at four. 
Friday at 4 o'clock. Okay. As for the women? 4.30 on Friday as well. All right, then. So they're both playing the same day. There it is. So Same day and pretty much the same time. Now for your weekly reminder. Frank and I are playing in the 11-day power play. Yes. And we would like to raise money for the cause. For Roswell Park. For Camp Good Days. For Make-A-Wish. Check it out. It's pinned on our pages. He's at Frank R. Curie. I'm at Derek Kramer 49. Check it out. Donate. Donate. Please share it. It's a good cause. It's a great cause. And we'll be playing hockey. And we will be playing hockey. You should come down and support us, too. Yes. Get your ass to Harbor Center at 6 a.m. on July 11th. Exactly. That's smart. Well, just do it. I mean, if it's not smart, we're playing in it at 6 a.m., so we just called ourselves out, didn't I? Yeah. Also, it's not like we had a say in the matter. No, we don't. Oh, well. Thanks for listening. We'll be back on uh, Monday. On Monday. And uh, next to- next week, you will get yourselves an MLB preview. Because the baseball season is fast approaching. Mm-hmm. As for Monday, Talk I don't some know. more tournament. As for Monday, we'll recap some of the tournament from the weekend because that's always the craziest weekend. Yep. And we'll probably talk about the Sabres because they have five games next week. Nine more games, people. Hang in there. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.